What's up, everyone? Welcome to Mongols, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. The Hounds took it to Birmingham, but only had one goal to show for it. We're going to break it all down and preview what is to come. Let's go! Kev, are you done with your ice cream? It is New Orleans style shaved ice. Thank you very much. Oh, oh, oh stand corrected. Where did you where did you get that? Uh, my apartment complex. Like every once in a while during the weekdays, they'll invite like a food truck to just park themselves right in the middle of the apartment complex, <laughs> and which is pretty cool. And today it was like a New Orleans style shaved ice stuff. It was oh my gosh, it was so good. Like I don't know. I I assume it's a very. This is the only second time I've ever had it, but the shaved ice, it like melts in your mouth, but still stays formed. And oh man, it's it's so good. My wife um, uh, went to Hawaii a few years back to visit her sister, and she still raves about like authentic shaved ice. And she keeps claiming every time I try to have one, she's like, no, like it's it's not as good. Like it's you got to get perfectly shaved ice. I mean, this was better than like ice cream. Like on a hot day, like this just. Yeah, it nails the spot. It was, it's it's really good. I'm just realizing food trucks are kind of like adult ice cream trucks. You know what <laughs> oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, you see a food truck come up, you're like, all right, let's go, let's go, food truck's here. <laughs> yep. There's a there's a big plot of land out here in Ligonier that the township is looking to repurpose. And I was like, it, it, they want to use it for a bunch of different stuff, but there's also going to be a parking lot. I'm like, you could literally just have like food truck nights and just like have them show up and like everybody shows up and they could try different things and like... It would be great. And so I think they're entertaining that idea. And we'll we'll see what happens. Because we don't have enough tailgate zone. Just so you, you know. Right. Get yeah, well, yeah, you, know, you gotta gotta get that little <laughs> plug in there. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Kev, when you started saying that, it, it just made me think of was it the office that had was it pretzel day or cookie day? There was like one day a year where yeah. like they had in the office it was pretzel day. You I would think go it down was and get pretzel, pretzel day, yeah. Um yeah, that's all I could think of. Josh, how are you feeling? Uh, I feel a little bit better. I still have a slight cough and uh, congestion going on. I uh, got sick on like Friday and I've tested negative for COVID like three times now. So, so far so good, but we'll find out, you know, guess it could take a couple of days. So still waiting to find out, but I'm hoping to feel better before Thursday because I'm supposed to go on a trip. This feels very reminiscent to the story that you gave. Very reminiscent. Yeah. Yeah. So... (laughs) Not feeling good about those chances about that trip to Boston. So we'll see. Yeah. Fingers crossed for you for sure. So like this weekend, you just like lay around and watch a bunch of stuff. Yeah, pretty much just like, oh, Saturday soccer's on all day. This is perfect time to just veg out on the couch and feel grumpy and sad because I'm sick and watch a bunch of soccer. I say Everton won again, right? Yeah. 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 And it was awesome win. Then it was needed. We're no longer in relegation right now. So uh, that's fantastic. Uh, I even went upstairs, grabbed my record of uh, Sing the Blues. Or wait, uh, I forget the name of the album. Essentially, it's a song that Everton plays all the time. Uh, and I bought it for like some charity thing. And now I just popped that on as soon as they won and uh, listened to an Everton song and felt really good about myself for, you know, about five minutes of Everton actually <laughs> not completely sucking. So that's good. <laughs> I got to say, you, today was not the first time that you tweeted out about the um, 
what was the name of the cartoon when we were kids that it was like the crossover with all of the different animated characters? Oh, I, I always heard the name of the cartoon, but it's it was a drug special, like a yes. drug special. Yeah. And they had all the Saturday morning cartoon characters come together to stop some kid and his sister from doing drugs. And it is ridiculous. It's like Slimer and Alvin and Chipmunks and the Muppet Babies and Ninja Turtles. Yeah, Ninja Turtles. It's Alf everyone. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it was so weird. I remember watching as a kid being like, just amazed. Like, they can do this? They yeah. can have all these characters together? So it was my little multiverse of madness tweet today. Yes. <laughs> I, I remember watching that as a kid. And and it. I think the novelty of it hadn't quite hit me yet. I was just like, why don't they do this all the time? Like, why doesn't Slimer hang out with the Turtles and Alf? Like, that would totally be awesome. And, and then you realize as you get older, like, no, that never happens like ever like that would be like mickey mouse hanging out with bugs bunny like just not gonna happen so um yeah i thoroughly enjoy that you'd mentioned it once before on twitter and i meant to say something to you and then i, I completely forgot so <laughs> yeah um yeah i don't know anything else going on guys in your life before we like talk about soccer i feel like i always tend to enjoy like just the random banter more than i like our actual soccer talk so you know it's the especially part that I'm worst at. Yeah. It's a bad game, the Knicks, especially. But I'm, <laughs> I'm actually right. like, this is a so-so game, so I'm I'm not too upset. It's a great game. I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to talk about it. I think Josh is ready to uh, just crack open the victory beverage. So Josh, why don't you go ahead and crack open the victory beverage, and then uh, there we go. And uh, uh, not not the stereo thunder, but I'm also ale with you. because I yeah. don't feel good. But. Uh. <laughs> Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Kev's drinking the victory, here, so. victory beverage, oh, victory, victory go. beverage and a yeah. ginger ale. OK, good, 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 good. Well, guys, so the hounds, you know, we'll talk about the game. Let's talk about the game. Hounds beat Birmingham one nothing, as we mentioned in the opening. Um, the game felt like it could have easily been like four or five nothing, which we'll get into. Danny Griffin scored in the fourth minute, at which point you're just like, ah, oh, this is going to just, you know, the floodgates are just going to open and this is going to be great. But that was not what happened. So let's uh, let's dive right into some takeaways. Um, Josh, you you got to watch soccer all day. What was what was your thought watching this one? I mean, after that goal, and you just kind of felt like this was going to be maybe the floodgates opening back up again, and it was going to be another you know home stomping like it was against Atlanta, and it just it felt like it could have been, it should have been the whole time. I'm like, oh, that could be. Oh, okay, cool. No, no goal there, and I'm. I will say I'm just happy it didn't come and bite us in the ass. Like, you know what I mean? Like going goal after goal or opportunity after opportunity and missing them. I was really worried that at the last minute, Birmingham were going to sneak one in and it was going to, you know, be a draw. And I was just going to be really upset. So it's three points, you know, yeah. I, I can't really complain in the end if it's three points. But mm, man, we dodged a bullet, I think. I don't know if it's just that, you know, we've been watching the team for so long, but there was another game this season where I said it, it felt the exact same way, where it was just like, we're up one nothing, we're comfortably dominating in pretty much every category of the game, but you're still like, the tying goal's coming, like it's coming, just brace yourself for it, and I, I don't know, Kev, did you feel that way? Yeah, I mean, that I, it, it felt like the tying goal's coming, um, and like Josh said, I think so many times these situations and scenarios where when you don't capitalize when you're on top, it comes back to bite you in the butt and you end up with a draw when you don't deserve it. And <clears throat> the fact that that didn't happen this game, I mean, it, 
it also didn't i don't know it, it when we got the goal it didn't feel like the mentality changed at all where i think in a in a vacuum in an ideal scenario you know when you score a goal you in my opinion like almost just want to immediately forget about it and just keep playing like quote unquote the right way that you want to play like you, you know every game you have a you have a way that you you want to attack the opposition that will create you chances and then once you you know once you're in front of those chances look if you take them or you don't take them you know that's kind of like you know shooter shooters hit 30 percent of the shots okay so so we just we probability we were just bad that day but we created so many chances and that's what i think is so encouraging because like that's what's repeatable um you know a one-on-one with the keeper sometimes you're not going to slot it and that's kind of down to whatever but the fact that we we created so many chances and it didn't let us get frustrated i i don't know i didn't i didn't it, we didn't look frustrated to me we didn't look shaky we didn't look nervous we just looked really professional and i think after what happened in louisville um you know that was one of, that was the one of the things on my mind of like you know is this a ruthless professional you know championship team that can yeah just be steady and solid and get through potentially shaky moments throughout a season and throughout games and look Birmingham's good you know and, and we were able to create as many chances that we did I, I thought we looked far far the better team and uh got an important three points so I, I thought it was a, a really good game um we're not gonna we're not gonna win every game when we're when we're that better than a team we're not gonna win every game three no we might even lose some games where we're still that much better of a team so the fact that we were able to come out and, and win one no I think was was still just a really positive sign yeah. We mentioned Danny Griffin got the goal. Um, he was playing in a much further advanced position. He seemed to have, you know, a really good game. I didn't realize that was his first goal ever at Highmark. Um, Steve caught up with him immediately after the game. Let's see what they had to say. First goal of the season. Tell me about that. What was going through your mind? It felt great. It's my first goal at Highmark Stadium, too. So to have it with That's this crowd, the Steel Army in the back, you know, on, on this side, it was great experience and an amazing feeling for me you know get get, get the season started that was out. awesome you were playing in a more advanced role tonight so uh, tell me what uh, your thoughts were when coach told you you were playing farther up uh, it was great to see from the stands you were involved in a lot of things offensively so how was that for you tonight yeah I mean I play I played higher up the pitching in college and a little bit my first year here so I knew doing the job in the midfield whether higher or low in the midfield uh, which is yeah just good to get on the ball and meet Bequa you know you have a good relationship with him Kenny Mark in the midfield so it was a good performance overall from the midfield and the whole team overall getting the clean sheet and yep. again three points at home yeah and uh Kenny came off and you got the arm in at the end huh yeah all right man congratulations <laughs> great shot thank you guys so great stuff from Danny um great stuff yeah, from I Steve thought, too that was yeah that was great stuff <laughs> from Steve too yeah that was that was awesome this is cool. this is one of those things that you're you're gonna likely be seeing more of um is Steve interviewing players Steve getting shots at the game Steve potentially going to practice and things like that. So stay tuned. We, we might drop some into, into the show like this. We might create some separate videos and just upload them and let you guys know when they're there because it's all just really, really good stuff. So thanks, Steve, for that. Um, but yeah, the, the whole like inverted min, midfield in a way, I think was one of the big talking points of the night when, when everybody lined up. You could see that Kenny was sitting a lot deeper and Danny was pushed further up the field. And it was sort of Kenny and Marky Barra were sort of the holding mids. Danny was further up, which typically it's Danny and Marky Barr, the holding mids and Kenny's further up. And, uh, and so it was interesting. Um, 
you know, I think the, the, the decision behind that sort of came down to wanting to cut off that first pass out of Birmingham's D that seemed to be what Danny was doing a lot more effectively. I think that Kenny can maybe pull the strings a little bit more offensively. And Danny was sort of there to make some interceptions. Kevin, you're, you're sort of like laughing. Wait, are you saying Kenny just doesn't have the legs anymore, Mike? Is that is that not what I'm saying at That's all. That's what I'm saying. Um, I'm saying. Right? <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> um, Okay, I don't, know, I don't know how to like follow that. Yeah, I just remember. I, I will never. Let's, uh, let's that welcome until, Kenny to the call. Hey, uh. I, I'll never forget that until the day Kenny retires. I just remember watching a game, and Lily was yelling at Kenny to close someone down, and immediately Kenny just looks around and like finds Griffin and tells him to switch positions. With him. <laughs> He's like, you go over there. <laughs> I do remember that from last year. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, look, Danny is turning into, we, we've always sort of known that he's been sort of one of those all-around players. But, um, you know, when you, when you sort of look at Lily guys, this is Danny's third year in the system. Um, he definitely feels like, you know, the, the next Kenny in a lot of ways. He sort of wears whatever hat that Lily asks him to wear, and he steps in and he does a job and does it effectively and got the goal here. I think Cicerone was a little... Uh, uh, not confused, but I think he thought the ball was going to fall to him, and Danny just sort of like took it, turned, and shot. And so, yeah, I think that's why it went in. Really, I think if Cicerone yeah. actually would have connected it, it was expected. That was the, yeah, that was what was predicted. Yeah, yeah. And I think almost the keeper was almost ready for it. The defenders were almost ready for it. So the fact that like everything was just delayed by like you know a second and a half everyone kind of had to catch themselves and it gave Danny the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. How much did this game change with not having Kelly on the field? Like I, I felt like for how many chances we had and how many, like it, it did feel like even though we didn't get, you know, the goals we should have gotten, it still felt like we were a dominant team and it's amazing to think how dominant we did look when one of our key players that has been such instrumental player this season was not on the field and like i don't think we missed him in this game like i don't know if the game would have changed that much as far as goals i mean you know he's he's probably gonna put one of those away just saying yeah but <laughs> as we we had a we had a couple shots that were sort of right at the keeper i think dixon had one argudo had one right at the keeper dequa i, I just assumed the ball was in the net and the keeper made an in, incredible save like basically the ball falls on dequa's foot eight yards out and Deke was ready to literally top shelf it, like not even make it easy for the keeper. And somehow the keeper dives and, and say, I mean, that's gotta be save the week. If it's not, there's, I shouldn't say that. Cause I know that all of this is a popularity contest and whatever team has the biggest fan base is the one that ends up winning. But regardless, that should be save of the week. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, maybe Kelly slots one of those away. Um, I think he but, does. Yeah. I, I, I don't think necessarily. Yeah, I mean, for me, the, the the important thing in his absence is that we still look, we still created that many chances. I agree with both of you. I think he puts one of them away, and this game ends up two nil. But just because I think that's Kelly's best attribute is he's just clinical. Um, you know, I think it's yeah, it's underrated uh, the skill of you know being really good at shooting and uh, and and Kelly is really good at shooting um and yeah. so yeah he it was really encouraging I think when the red card goes up 
uh, in Louisville, it's like, oh, come on, like anyone but him. But then you remember that we can play, you know, Dequa, Cicerone, and Dixon. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're all right. Lots of comments coming in in the chat right now. Um, just saying Kelly scores. Like, I oh, think yeah. a lot of people agree with you, Kev. I think he puts one of those away. So, um, and Josh, and you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Steve says uh, he puts six away, but, you know. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, you know, sure. Uh, but so, I, I noticed, quick, sorry, Mike. I noticed hmm. in the stats that what we get eight shots on target. I'm, I'm surprised this doesn't register from memory, but what Birmingham didn't get any shots on target. No shots true? on target. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It, it's funny because I, remember it, watching... it feels like they put pressure on it. Yeah. Sorry. I mean... uh, no, I watching through the game. I actually made a comment when, when I was tweeting things out that I thought that Silva in goal looked really good and then to go back and be like oh he didn't face any shots maybe that's why but i do think to his credit he did take charge a lot in the back he seemed to be directing play a lot in the back he was professional i think the announcers made the comment of like you know a good defensive midfielder you know they're doing a good job when you don't have to say their name that much and that was the case with silva he was just getting the job done and there was i, I know when there's no the shots like, i know i know but no i mean there were there were set pieces and things that he had to come out and make saves on they yeah. just weren't like one-on-one blast on target. On target or whatever yeah and yeah. um and There was one play that stood out to me and, you know, whether it was a fluke or not towards the end of the game, when the guys were trying to kill off some time, he punted the ball. And, you know, a lot of times the hounds keepers are known for punting it out of bounds or somewhere where it shouldn't go. And he put it super deep in the Birmingham zone and out for a throw in. So like the way he placed it was like perfect. It didn't go out for a goal kick. It went out for a throw in. They had to jog back. They had to pick it up. They had to reset in their own zone. And so, you know, maybe this was his coming out party to like stake a claim as the number one. But at this point, it still feels like Lily's got a rotation. I don't know. Did you guys, what were your thoughts on Silver? Do you think he did enough to start again next week? Or do you think that Lily's still going to rotate? Yeah, I mean, go ahead, ahead, Josh. Okay. (laughs) I, here's the thing. It's with not any shots on goal. Like he did some good stuff, but it's I there wasn't much there to kind of make your mark. It, it you know he didn't get in the way and he did what he needed to do, which is great. But is that enough to actually get you a starting position? I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be. I feel like with Lily, it's a lot more about what you do in between games, how you are at practice, and all that kind of stuff that we're not seeing. That he chooses to pick his keeper based off of not the last game. Yeah. Kev. Yeah, no, completely agree. I mean, I think what he could do in the game, he did well, like you, like you mentioned, Mike coming out and claiming crosses and punching balls. But um, yeah, I mean, and a lot of it also, and and like Josh mentioned, maybe this gets kind of shaked out and figured out and in training midweek, but I, I would guess a lot of it goes to what the defenders and center backs feel more comfortable with. Like who, who can they feel like if they're under pressure, I'll drop it back to Silva, you know, and, and I'm, I'm fine there. Or if, you know, if I just need to shepherd a guy down the line and give them an off angle shot, you know, I know I can do that cause I can trust my keeper back there. So 
I mean, we'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm still so far this season. I don't know. I mean, in, in seasons gone by, I feel like it's around this time he starts to commit to one keeper. I feel like there's always a point in the season where the rotation kind of stops and one one keeper kind of gets picked. I don't know if we're there yet, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm not I'm not I don't feel strongly about either keeper just yet. And I also I mean I also don't feel like we've had three keepers that were part of that rotation to this point either. And and in this case, all three have sort of made cases at one point or another to be the guy. So it will be interesting to see how Lily manages this because there is we've talked about this before, especially with keepers. There is it seems to be a much larger psychological component to their game than potentially other positions on the field. Primarily because you have so few chances to make an impact. Whereas if you're somebody like Kenny, you're going to touch the ball 20, 30 times and you know, you screw one up. Okay. I'm going to get it back and, you know, fix it. And like, if you screw something up as a keeper, it's a goal for the other team. And that's, that's harder to come back from. So it will be interesting to see sort of how Lily manages that one player for me. That's, that's turning into a uh, a sort of a must start is Dos Santos. I think that him on the wing, he's just every, I remember seeing him in the first game and I was like, "Ah, he seems a little green, like, you know, all right, great. Like we'll give him a shot. He'll probably come off the bench, but you know, in a game where we're playing against a Tommy V and a Ryan James who don't, you know, show up till later, we'll talk about that he's starting to feel a bit like one of those players, especially after you saw Lily use him as sort of a center back earlier this season. It feels like you can try to plug him in in different places like we did with Rovira, you know, over the past few years, like a Ryan James, like a Tommy V. So um, yeah, just hoping to see more of him. It was his cross that ultimately led to to Griffin's goal. um, And he was active all night doing great things. So yeah, does anyone disagree with me on that? No, I think no. Santos is great. I think he's emerging as when he wasn't one of the first clear fullbacks either, right? I mean, right. it was like Dan Brot, Sims, Dan Brot, yeah, Sims, yeah, and and all the and you know Rivera. I think started the season out there. Although now, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to see him anywhere but the midfield because <laughs> I think he's so good in the midfield. But no, I think Santos is great. Yeah. Um, speaking of, uh, you know. Tommy V and Ryan James. First of all, I was a bit egregious that, you know, these are two players that we revered when they were here. And to to see them sit on the bench for this Birmingham team that we so handily dominated, it was kind of like, seriously, like these guys can't get on the field for you. And sure enough, they got in late in the game. Tuffy tweeted out this picture um, where it's uh, him and Lily laughing and shaking hands with both James and Tommy V. And it says the only thing wrong with this picture is the kits being worn. Um, So it seems like they left on good terms. Um, Everybody's smiling and seems to be happy in the picture. It's just a shame. There was another shot of, I think it was James and Danny Griffin hugging it out afterwards. It's just like, Oh guys, you're killing me. Like (laughs) you got still been here. All right. Um, All right. Another question though. Okay. This team that we have right now, here we go. Do those players rank as high in this team as they did in the previous teams that they were part of for us? Like we, we say this a lot, especially this, I mean, this season, especially this is the best team we've seen the hounds field. 
so for yeah. for me, I think I think Ryan James. I this is gonna sound. I I, I love say all it. the players. I love say all the players. It. You're gonna say no. he's old. You're gonna say he's no. old. <laughs> <laughs> he's lost a step. He's like Kenny. That's what you're saying, right? No, no, no. I, no, no, no. I was gonna I was gonna say I think Ryan James is essentially a slightly better version of Rivera at this point. I think Ryan James can play. I think him in the midfield along with Griffin would probably be better. You know, if, if you're not just going to play midfield two with Griffin and Kenny, Ryan James is probably better than, you know, anyone else we can partner Griffin with in the midfield. He is, you know, based off of that comment, Mike, what you said, um, although, I mean, Dos Santos is now a left back and Ryan James was a left back. I don't know how much I'm sure. Ryan, I feel like Ryan James started every position at one point last year for us, including goalkeeper. Um, but I feel like Ryan James could probably play right back. I, he's, he's just an incredibly good all around player that I think would be slight upgrades to one or two different players that somewhat regularly get in our starting 11. Funky Azeal is a different thing because usually we play a back three with him in the middle. You know, in this game, we don't do that. There have been a few games where we were in the past where we haven't done that. And I'm not against teams that maybe don't have a lot of height. I don't really have a problem with him being a second center back partnering like Ordonez or something. Um, but I don't know if I'd want to see a full season with him as one of two center backs. You know, I like, I like the height and physicality aspects of it. And you know, I don't know. Look, I mean, they'd be great to have in the squad, but I, I, I get what you're saying, Josh, like based off of how we're playing this year and how we're setting it up, it's not immediately obvious how they kind of snapped it. So the argument, Kevin, sounds like you're making is that it's not that these guys aren't good enough to be in the team, but potentially the system has changed so that their skill set doesn't necessarily fit into the system that we're playing. Yeah, I mean, Bonky Zeal, when he was here, I would say in a lot of ways, he's like Griffin this season and last season. Bonky Zeal was first name on the team sheet. I mean, he played so many minutes for us. And, but it was in usually a back three with with him in the center of a back three so and i know earlier in his riverhounds career he played a little bit of midfield and i'm sure he could do that again but once again he's he's playing that position not like ryan james or danny griffin or kenny would play a midfield position he is a true you know anchor defensive midfielder breaking up plays um so and whether or not, you know, I my hunch is, yeah, I mean, Lily would find a way to, to get them in, but whether or not that sacrifices what we like so much about this team, it's a good point. I think for me, if we're playing a back three, then Tommy V is an easy start in that back three. I think your point about playing a back two is warranted, that if we're going to play a system where you have, you know, basically a back four, then yeah, does it make sense to have a Tommy V in there? But you know, if you're giving me the option of, and this is no disrespect to these guys, but like a Tommy V or like a Shane Wheat, like I'm going to take a Tommy V in terms of distribution out of that in a back, back three, three, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I, I think like I I think I'd play Ryan James anywhere. 
Well, that like, was that was yeah. I was gonna say like Ryan James for me is sort of the other wild card. I think you use a Ryan James the same way that you use a Rivera, or you potentially use an Alex Dixon, where um, not so much from an attacking standpoint, but you know to have a Ryan James that you can plug into the midfield late in games, or um, it, you know the the question becomes do, does he start? You know do you do you start a Ryan James over like a Marky Barra? I think it, again, it depends on system and it's your Kev, you're shaking your head. I think it depends on what I I think it depends on what you're trying to do. Um, and I don't know if they're, I don't, I don't don't know, but does, but, but there like, there was games, there was games last, last, when Ryan James was in the team where it was just like, Oh no, listen, he was just like, just go play and win the game for us. And he did. I don't like, from this in no back. way is me knocking Ryan James. This is Ryan James getting two that, goals, two assists in a game at left back. <laughs> I, <laughs> they're, they're, but what they're on the field to do, I feel like, is different. Like I feel like Ibarra, Ibarra's not put on the field sure. to go make a, a you know, um, make offense happen. Like Ryan James was on the field and making offense happen. Like you put in Ibarra to play as a holding mid to play, not even box to box. But your job is to get the ball. And get it to a Danny Griffin. Or yeah, but some some players Kenny. can do that while doing other things really well too. Like if I gave you the option of playing two two Danny Griffins, you probably would. Like right. you would play a second Danny Griffin where Ibarra is, knowing that oh well, but Griffin can do that too, you know. And I think that's just the argument that's for true. Ryan James I would have in my head. Yeah. I mean, but so look, you, you talk about you know how they're Ryan James, Tommy V. Uh, Rivera, Griffin, Kenny. These guys are so versatile. Can you imagine a midfield with those five? And oh, like, know, it yeah. would be constant interchanging. Yeah. Like yeah. your head would explode trying to keep track great. of where all of these guys are because they can play anywhere. Dixon is in there too. Like, going oh yeah, from, Dixon. You oh, know, yeah. Just yeah. I think. So. I mean, I I can't say this enough. Before I forget, I, I Dixon is one of the most I think like talented players I've seen in a Hounds jersey. Like he, like nice. I'm just Love constantly it. impressed by. His athleticism, his his technique, his vision, his kind of intelligence with with how he moves, and just, yeah, he's he's incredible. Yeah, he I, he's set to become a dad soon. If it hasn't already happened, I need we need to reach out and see how everything's going. But when he joined us this season or earlier in the preseason, he was saying I think it was May. So fingers crossed, Alex. Hope all goes well. Um, By the way, I I think. Ryan James and Tommy V would totally start on our team. I didn't answer my own question, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How do you think like, okay, given in the Birmingham game, I think we all agreed that like, okay, you can pretty much just play Ryan James anywhere. Where would you like, would you play? Would you, who would you swap out for, for Ivanka Azil? Here's the thing. Like Bob builds his system based off of the pieces he has. I feel like a lot of people are, are looking at it the other way around. It's like, oh, well, he built this team in a certain way, so he needed these players. No. He he gets the pieces, and he goes, all right, what do I got? And then he builds the team based off that, or he builds the system based off that. I guess we're going to be attacking this year, yeah. It, <laughs> I, I honestly think that's what happens. I think yep. the reason why he is so versatile, is be, or so good as a coach, because he is versatile, and he sees what pieces he has, he sees their strengths, and he's like, all right, this is what we're going to do with this. So it's not so much about, you know, a one for one swap out. It's just like he's going to change the formation of this team to fit around the strengths that a Ryan James and a Tommy V bring us. So, yeah, that's that's 
I feel like he just knows how to use them in ways that, you know, benefits the whole team. Um, whereas Birmingham, obviously, they they see what they have. They're like, well, we don't need those pieces right now. So they're just not using them. Yeah. Where Bob would probably just completely change the whole system so he could use right. them. Yeah, if if we were forced to stay in this system, Kev, I could see a case where you swap Ibarra and Tommy V, and uh, you take out Biasi, and you figure out a way to get in James. And I think those are just from a skill set. And again, that's no knock on those other two players, but that's just a skill set upgrade at that point. And you know, Tommy V and, and Ryan James both left Pittsburgh and hopefully made pay dirt because you know they're that good. And so it's just, you know, both Ibarra and Biasi, this is their first crack at this. So they've just got a little bit more time to develop and, and see where they end up. So, um, so yeah, good question, Josh. Um, guys, anything else? I, the, the, one other, the one other thing that I wanted to bring up um, was just that I, part of me feels for Ciceroni. You could tell that there are times that he just, He's frustrated and he just desperately wants to get a goal and he'll try to take on four players to make it happen. And he comes so close to pulling it off, but it's happened the past few games. He's really, really just like pushing for it. And one of the other clips that, that Steve sent us was in the high five line afterwards. And somebody said like, ah, oh, I thought you were going to get that goal. And like, he almost got like dead serious and he was like, I'm working on it. Like you could tell, like he's, he's, He's pushing for it. He wants it so bad, and he's just trying to like make magic happen. And uh, it's gonna happen. But I think that there are times like that where um, I think the announcers made the comment of like there were moments in this game where it almost felt like backyard soccer, where you could tell that the Hounds were like, okay, whose turn is it to get the goal? And just like everybody pushes the net to try to get the goal. And I think a lot of times that was a case where Cicerone would get the ball, and he's like, it's my turn, and like let me beat these three guys and make it happen. So. Yeah, I feel for him. Um, yeah, I, I guess a, a couple other things. I don't know. We get um, we get nine corners in this game, and we've we've been pretty good this season with corners. And so, may, I don't know. I I mean, obviously, we don't get anything in the Louisville game. You know, uh, Cincy is a whole different beast, um, and none nothing, here. Nothing, but nothing in Vegas either. Yeah, nothing in Vegas. I feel like we started the season with, you know, Dequo was getting headers. Kelly was obviously getting headers. I feel like Dixon at some point. And so we we started the season off, yeah, pretty well in set pieces. And we, it just, we haven't had one in a while. Um, and so, I mean, it's not concerning. It's just a point to point out. I mean, nine corners in a game is, is nothing well, to, to kind so- of sniff at. I mean, that's 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 probably going to be my last question for you guys as it relates to the game. And if there's other stuff you guys want to talk about, obviously we can talk about it. But we had eight shots on target, and Kev, your point, nine corners, and we had one goal. Are either of you concerned about that? It's Not really. Yeah. It, 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 the, if this was a trend, yes. But it's not like we've been scoring goals. And granted, we had we didn't score goals. <laughs> I was gonna say Vegas, better than us. <laughs> Louisville. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's more of a concern because we didn't weren't producing. If anything, this right. was a step forward because we were actually producing opportunities. We weren't putting them away, which is a problem. But it's a better problem to have than not producing opportunities, which is what we saw at some other games. So it's hard to be too concerned when you're taking steps forward. Not backwards. 
Fair enough. Yeah, same. Okay. I, I don't I don't think I'm concerned. I think, you know, in previous seasons, we'd be complaining that we weren't generating the chances. So, like, we're generating the chances. They just yeah. didn't go in. So, I, again, I, I agree with you, Josh. I think if this becomes a trend where, you know, we're getting 9, 10 shots on target and only getting a goal, then it's like, oh, maybe we need to work on some target practice here, guys. But, um, but yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, I mean, in, in a way, I'd, I'd prefer – eight shots on target and creating a lot more chances, you know, or creating a lot of chances and scoring one goal than having two chances. And we put both of them away, like it, creating a lot of chances, I think is the yeah. most encouraging part. And that's what we're seeing. Um, it feels like we're whining when we had eight shots on target and Birmingham had none. none. I know. Yeah. So. It's amazing. <laughs> so, just, and I guess maybe one more point. I think we've talked a little bit. I mean, there's nothing, this isn't necessarily a comment about like the progress of our team, but you know, okay. So we have nine corners, they have four and there's a total of 30 fouls in the game. It's just like, man, like nothing, nothing really flowed (laughs) in this game. Like, you know, it's, everything is still very kind of stop start. I mean, our pass accuracy didn't get above 70%. You can tell, there are not every episode I pull up the stats. This episode I definitely pull up the stats, and I'm just constantly referring to every one that I can look at. But uh, but yeah, I mean, when there's you know 30 stoppages of play because of fouls, and you know 12 stoppages of play up for for corners, you know more for offsides and everything. I mean, it's it is a pretty choppy game. But uh, so I don't know if that's. I don't really have a comment about whether or not that's good or bad. It's just, I think it was just an interesting thing maybe to point out because sometimes it feels frustrating when I, I can't put my finger on why watching a game feels frustrating. And, and maybe I'm kind of figuring out in real time. Maybe it's that. Yeah. All right. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> anyway, no one got a red. So that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. No one went red. Um, yeah. And so we'll have Dane back for the next game. Speaking of guys looking ahead, um, you know, they now we we sort of I think alluded to it last week. The refs sort of kept alluding to it during or the refs, the announcers kept alluding to it during the game. The Hounds now go on a bit of a tougher stretch. Um, you know, we say tougher. I think a lot of this is sort of the the teams mostly in name. And when we actually get to them, it might not be as tough as it looks on paper. But we start with El Paso at home this week and we're going to talk about them in depth here in a second but then we hit the road to face the rowdies we hit the road to face miami and then we basically kick off june with detroit coming to town which detroit are currently sitting in third right behind us but we're not looking at the standing so i don't know how i know that um but (laughs) yeah so i mean it's good to get these three points it's good to get sort of back on the horse and hopefully we can just sort of keep riding this thing um Let's let's start with El Paso. So just to Qu- sort of paint quickly, it. I mean, as, as you're talking about El Paso, yeah, yeah. I mean, what yeah. the Kelly red card was a straight red. So I, he might miss this game, too. I'm, I'm, I think it's if you get a straight red, you're out for two games. If you get two yellows, which equate to a red, then that's only one. But um, so Kelly might be out for this game, too. Well, that wouldn't be good. But yeah, we'll have to Concur. follow up on that. Um, <laughs> Just to sort of paint a picture, so El Paso obviously um, plays in the Western Conference. So this is another case where we're play, having East play West. So we try to look for as many comparisons as we can to try to get an idea of what to potentially expect. El Paso is currently on a three-game winning streak 
they beat both Loudon and Tulsa three to one, and then they beat LA Galaxy two four nothing. So they're coming in hot. Um, we have played similar teams so far this season. We both played Vegas. They lost to Vegas four to five. We lost to Vegas one nothing. Um, and we both paid Loudon. They beat Loudon three to one. We won two nothing. So not a ton you could take away there. We both played Vegas and lost. We both played Loudon one. Um, they are currently leading the league with 24 goals. And, you know, for comparison, we have 17 on the season. So they have seven more goals. They've only played one more game than us. So that's pretty substantial, especially considering earlier this season, we were like, we're going to be scoring at will. Well, they actually are. They got 24, but they've given up twice as many goals as we have. So we only, we've only given up eight goals this season. They've given up 17. Um, so they're giving almost up, you know, 1.7 goals a game at this point. So, you know, you, you got to expect the Hounds are going to get at least a few. Their passing accuracy is off the chart, 85%. They're leading the league in distribution as well. We're at 75%. So they move the ball really well. Um, but they also have twice as many yellow cards as we do. They have 35 to our 16. So, you know, what, what can you take away from this? One, they score a lot of goals and they move the ball really well. But they also pick up a lot of fouls. So, and they give up, they give up a lot of goals too. So, I mean, based on all of that, it is going to be at high mark. So I think we have the advantage there of not having to go out West and play in El Paso, which is great. I think that sort of bit us in Vegas, not because of going to Vegas, but because of the situation with the field and all the other variables that aren't going to be an issue this week. Cause we will be at high mark. Um, Josh, how are you feeling about this game? Are you confident? Yeah, actually. Uh, so it, it, hearing all those stats and like how they seem to be playing, it kind of reminds me of a Red Bulls 2 situation. Mm. Um, you know, high scoring, but also pretty lax in defense. They have that system going for them. Um, and I like our chances against a team like that, uh, especially with a, a Lily tactical type side where he can, you know, find that weakness in it. If they have a style that they're playing, he can usually figure out that style and how to break it down uh, if they're not that versatile. So I feel like we should be okay. Uh, maybe it's, you know, wishful thinking. We'll find out. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about this, actually. Kev, how are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, much like the same. I, I think the big, I don't know, I, I never know how much to play into the to the travel aspect of like East West Coast travel. Um, it feels more significant, obviously, like in U.S. leagues than European leagues, because you know the the furthest the furthest travel is like you know six hours in England or something, <laughs> whereas yeah. whereas here it's very different. So I don't know, um, but I mean the fact that what we're still unbeaten at home uh this season generally we have a lily has quite a good record at highmark um so yeah no i I think it'll be a good game i'm always really excited to see teams we don't usually play and this will be no different but uh but yeah i feel confident agreed um I'm, i'm feeling good i think especially you know to sort of get to get this win back to get the guys confidence flowing i think to generate the chances that we did i do think it will be very interesting i think the first 15 minutes might be one of those feeling out periods like try to see who's gonna do what because you know lily's gonna talk about how they score a lot of goals 
And, um, you know, Al Paso is going to talk about sort of how our midfield likes the free flow and how do you keep tabs on that? So you might see a lot of, you know, midfield battles and not a lot getting into each other's 18. Um, but, uh, but I do think it's gonna be interesting. And I do, I do like our chances at Highmark. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, I'd say a score prediction. It feels like a total crap shot here, but maybe do we just say, you know, we're all saying we feel good. Do you think this is gonna be a high scoring game or a low scoring game? I'm actually a little bit, if it's a high scoring game, I don't think that's good for us. Like I, I feel like if there's going to be some, you know, goals after goals, it's probably going to be a little bit too loose and that's going to play into their hands. So I would like to see a more tight game where this is like, you know, well, I don't want to say another game like it was last weekend, but uh, a very low scoring, maybe two, one, maybe just one zero. Um, and then just briefly, uh, I was curious what they did against the Las Vegas lights. That game was five to four Vegas yeah. won. Yeah. And there was a red card for Vegas. What the hell? <laughs> the West is a totally different beast, man. Like That's crazy. Yeah. There are teams that I see that play in the West. I'm like, ah, oh, those could be like MLS teams. And then you have teams like Vegas where I'm like, what the hell's going on? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> so... I, I think that's I think that's an interesting shout that if it's high scoring, then that may not be in our favor. So two one. Kev, how are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, as as we were kind of talking through this game, I had the highlights of uh, them playing Tulsa kind of up and I was kind of watching it off to the side. And I mean, I could tell you immediately, like, yeah, I am going to love hating this team because I just, they just don't seem like a good character of people. <laughs> and so it's going to I really want to, you know, I'm looking forward to this game now even more. But I don't know. I mean. From some of the highlights that I'm watching, you know, it's the their striker looks like he can put it away, and uh, but you know, so can we. So, <laughs> and they're at high mark with uh, with this, you know, Steel Army and the fans. So, no, yeah, I, I feel anytime we're at home, you know, I, I feel confident. I'd feel confident playing Louisville at home at this point. So, no, this this will be no different. Our buddy Fez, who has the uh, UK Riverhounds podcast, says six, six three, three to the Hounds. Yeah. So he's he's nine, a nine goal score fest um, from Fez. Make sure you go check out his show and uh, and hear all of his thoughts heading into this one as well. Um, yeah, I, I, Josh, I like your shout. I could see Lily going in and saying, "Let's just try to frustrate the crap out of them. Let's try to draw some fouls. Let's try to get maybe somebody sent off." And then you just sort of demoralize them and just try to capitalize on that. The distribution thing I think is interesting. I think I, I do think this will be a bit of a midfield battle because if you've got, you know, what I say, 24 goals and your distribution is at 85% passing accuracy, they can move the ball, but so can we. So there could be a lot of this like breakdown, interception, breakdown, startup, breakdown, interception, just back and forth. So this is a game that we can't sleep on. Like, I think this is, this is going to be a fun one to watch for sure. So, um, so yeah. So we've got, go ahead. No, one more thing. I'm trying to find this guy's (laughs) name. This is how Kevin does research is during the show while we're talking (laughs) about something else. Not before he, uh, yeah. So Lignac. Am I saying that right? El Paso's uh, I don't know. Striker. You're the only one looking at it. Number so nine. So, Lignac. Yeah, I hope... Uh, 
I hope someone does something to him because he needs to <laughs> he needs to go away. But uh, yeah, Selenyak, uh, number nine, keep it out. I feel like keep we need to disavow the fact that you just said that. Boy, um, let's let's look just a little bit further ahead because I want to I want to try to get your guys' sense on a like over under here. So we have this game. We all sort of said that we we feel good we think that there's a a win in the cards here for us after that like i said we hit the road to play the rowdies now the rowdies have struggled of late they only have one point in their last three games but we all know that tampa has talent and that tampa is gonna (laughs) sorry i'm like mid thought here and i see that liz is in chat saying did kev just put out a hit i think he did (laughs) um no hey we just say Rivera likes to clatter into people you know that's all I'm saying that's all he's saying that's all he's saying maybe Danny Earls is in the stands you know we never know just rushes the field (laughs) mid-game maybe maybe this is the game when we do like everyone else we have the hounds at the hounds and like somebody's dog gets loose on the field (laughs) anyway so we hit the road to play the rowdies um, we know the Rowdies are a formidable team. Miami are sitting a little bit better. They've had four points in their last three, but they most recently drew nil-nil with Birmingham. Now, we could have drawn 1-1 with Birmingham and still been the better team. So who actually knows what's going on with Miami? But we have those two. And then, like I said, in just a few weeks, Detroit comes back to town, and they've been on a tear. They took six points in their last three games. They only have one loss since we last played them in Detroit. So... Based on all of that, we got El Paso, we've got Tampa, we've got Miami, and we've got Detroit. We're talking a maximum of 12 points here. If I put the over-under at 8.5, are you taking the over or are you taking the under, Kevin? You, eight and you half, always play... 8.5 is roughly two wins and two draws if you're taking the under. I was going to say, I mean, you you always place this at a very good spot, Michael. Good job. Um, I was a bookie in a former life. (laughs) (laughs) No, I probably probably the under. I mean, yeah, I think two wins and two draws sounds about right for for this for this run of games that we have coming up. Um, I think any more of that, and we're we're getting greedy. But you know, we're a good team. I don't know. We'll, We'll see. I mean, I. Birmingham was a good reaction, but Josh mentioned before about something else, you know, about trends versus kind of one-offs. And so, you know, I think, I think in this El Paso game, if we come out and play like we did against Birmingham and win two nil, you know, maybe, maybe we put the, the Louisville and Cincy and Vegas games out of our, out of our head and we move on. Um, but to, yeah, two wins and two draws feels about right. So I guess I'll take the under Josh. I don't like saying the under, but yes, I want to say the over. I just want to be overly confident, but that's just going to be rough. Just, it is going to be rough. No, because it's probably, I want to set expectations <laughs> correctly here and the under, I, I do feel like two wins, two draws, it would be it's great. That'd be great. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing to be sad about that. Like yeah. that would be fantastic. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to, I'm going to swing for it. I think, I think we get the win against El Paso and I think we get the win. Oh, see, Oh crap. See, now right. I just, I know. While, I know. while you're thinking about that, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the, the uh, Detroit game. 
I think that'll be that's so that's we, that's the one for me that I, I was originally like I think we go to Tampa and I think we go to Miami and get three points in each of those. But to go away to Tampa and Miami, that's like that's more of a wild card to me. Like yeah. I think we could do it. I think we absolutely can do it, but it's just like going down to Florida this time of year and you just don't know what to expect with either one of those teams. Yeah, you might get COVID before you go down to Florida. You might get COVID before you go to Florida this time of year and just ruin your whole trip. Um, We're not jinxing anybody. We're just saying, yeah, yeah, it's not my favorite place. Anyway, um, I think I got to take the under. I think I'm with you guys. I, we can we can do the over. I think we absolutely can do the over. It's just like uh, if we're playing it safe, I'll bet the under, and then like talk you into with it. The over. You did. You talked me into it. The Detroit game, Kev. I agree. I think the Detroit game is going to be like fireworks. Um, yeah, that'll be fun because they're that's on. A that, that's one of the wins that I feel like is. Yeah, I agree, but I just think it's going to be like a good game. Like, oh yeah, I, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. it. It's it's. I, I I feel more confident about the Detroit game than I do going away um, to to yeah. the Florida teams, but yeah. No, do, I just I think just stay in Florida the whole week, <laughs> or do they fly back and fly? Like that seems weird. Like yeah, for it to be two vacation. Saturday games, not like a midweek game. Like, do you stay in yeah. Florida for a whole week? Yeah, I mean, look, maybe it comes down to like what costs more, like flights, like round trip flights to go back and go back down, or hotels for the week. Right, I, think I don't it's know. Pretty, I think it might be cheaper to stay in Florida. You get the right Airbnb, you're fine. I was gonna say get <laughs> some of those like ten person Airbnbs and yeah. just like make everyone stay in the same place. It's fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. Although, so, like, you got to figure out training. Yeah. Well, that's maybe. true. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to train midweek. Yeah. yeah, they're not going to they're not going to Disney midweek and just calling it. And then going to play Miami after that. So can't do that. Good point. Good point. Um, well, that's what we think. Let us know what you think, whether or not you're going to take the over and under. We had a couple comments in the chat. <laughs> I can uh, say whether or not they're going to stay in Disney. <laughs> whether or not they're going to stay in Disney. Let us know what you think. Stay in um, Florida. Guys, real quick, before we wrap this one up, I just wanted to, we haven't talked to Premier League in like forever. Kev, it's coming down to the wire. Liverpool and Cincy. Yep. Or Liverpool and Cincy. City. There we go. Liverpool and City. City have Wolves, West Ham, and Villa left. Liverpool have Wolves, Southampton, and Villa left. So they both have Wolves and Villa. Liverpool play Villa tomorrow. How are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Liver- City oh, just is. As, and Liverpool's three points back on yeah. City. So they Wolves need the City way. to lose, and, <laughs> and Liverpool needs to win. Yeah. So yeah, City need to lose one of their games. I think we have them on goal differential and we would have to win out. No, I mean, I city are an incredible team. The edge is obviously them. Is it possible? Of course. Um, I think wolves have a decent track record from memory against city. Um, you know, and nothing like Stevie G, uh, doing us a favor on the last game of the season. Um, so, Listen, a lot you know. of a lot of Villa fans are talking about how they would love nothing more than to keep City from winning it because of Jack Grealish. Like how sweet it would be for Grealish to yeah. leave Villa, go to City, and then Villa be the ones to keep him from winning a title. Yeah. So No, it's possible. No, so I, I don't I don't feel confident about the Premier League. Um, but uh, you know, it'll be it, FA Cup will be interesting, Champions League will be interesting. Um, but no, I mean in 
the the numbers i i'm, I'm gonna get it slightly off here but so, someone some commentator may uh pointed out a statistic that like i think it was since whoever came in the into the league later i think it was klopp but i could be wrong um since since that since either klopp or pep you know entered the premier league while the other one was already there and if you started looking at like totals since at that point they both like like one has 395 points the other has 394 points like it's ridiculous just how close this city team and the liverpool team have been over the past three years and it's going to happen again i mean you know it's on on a, a couple occasions they finish a point apart uh from each other um to, to decide the title so it's been it's been really fun to watch and you know and i i think i also like I don't know in the current climate of things maybe this is just my own world my own head um you know there have been title races and rivalries in the past the likes of like Mourinho versus like anyone but like you know <laughs> oh it was like Mourinho versus nobody whatever. likes Mourinho exactly well I mean in, in like in in like Ferguson against Wenger now I wasn't like completely aware of what was happening back then but like you have these rivalries where like the managers just like don't like each other and to see like Klopp and Guardiola just like, you know, they give each other big high fives and like slaps on the back and they're chatting and they're smiling and they obviously respect the hell out of each other. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I respect Pep. I, I respect what he does with, with city and, you know, so I, you know, I feel good about it, but no, I, I think city have it. I'm just Josh, thinking about we... how much both of them get paid. Yeah, of course they like each other. <laughs> yeah. Like, like <laughs> woo. Paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> Respect. I mean, yeah, they respect each other. That's totally <laughs> what did you just buy? A Maserati? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, Josh, funny. we talked we talked about Aver- Everton's uh, big win on the weekend. They are still just a few points out of the relegation zone. Are they staying up this year? I think they are. And you know, Also, keep in mind, there are a few points outside of relegation. I can't talk right now. So, but they're also, like, the points are pretty close down there. So, yeah. like, if they get one more win, they could jump all the way up to, like, 11th or 12th or something like that. So, like, it's not, like, it's, like, night and day as far as these teams go. But, yeah, it's it's pretty close. That's all I'm saying. And plus, we have 34 games. Everyone below us has 35 games. And, like, a couple above us have 36 games. So, like, we're, we're going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay. I'm, I'm like who? I'm like who are we talking to? Is myself, this Josh, the Everton right fan? <laughs> <laughs> a, do you like uh, Lampard as a manager? If you think he's up, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One goal. That's it. Yeah, yeah. like I, it's yeah. it's not going to take much to make me like you right now. It's <laughs> you keep the team in the Premier League. All right, good job. I'll give you another make year. It, make it to the <laughs> off season and build the team you want, and go from yeah. there. Ugh. Mike, <laughs> it's all stressful. Mike, it's what, all stressful. Mike, what do you think? What do I think of what a Villa? Yeah, I, Villa. Villa are squarely sitting right in the middle. Like I think their goal at this point is just try to finish above tenth if they can. And so much talk around is like get to the end of the season and then let you know Stevie G build the team that he wants. So there's a lot of talk about does Coutinho stay because they have both Coutinho and Buendia who could both play that position. Um, Stevie G has come out and said he wants to keep Coutinho. There's other people circling for Coutinho. And so who knows what's going to happen, but it, the, the Villa, you know, owners seem to just keep splashing cash and keep 
you know, this will be now granted there's all, I mean, you know, you lose your best player and you, you know, lose your manager midway through the season and they still have the potential to finish higher than they did last year. So like, that's not terrible, but a lot of the money they got from Jack Grealish went towards players that weren't making or haven't made the impact that they thought they were, you know, Danny Ings is, is coming on here late. And like I said, when Dia was a hit, but um, yeah, some of the, some of the other choices just didn't go so well. So we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm around for another season um, for sure. Cause I enjoy watching some of these guys play, but it'll be very interesting to see how different this team is. Once Stevie G gets the guys that he wants. Have you, have you, do you think he's a decent manager? Like, do you think he speaks well? You like, Oh, I, you know, he's, I think personality wise, he's like, you can't have any better. Like he's, he's very open. He's obviously very comfortable in front of the camera after years and years of just doing that. Um, but it's hard to tell what his actual coaching pedigree is versus just like, how good are the players? He's not a Bob Lilly. Like he's not going to like redesign a system to like beat somebody. Um, he, he definitely has an idea in his mind, but how well that gets communicated and translated to play on the field. I think he relies on his assistants a lot to make that happen. So I like the guy, like he seems like a good dude, but like, I think next year will be the real test of like, once he has his players and he can play his system, is he like that good? Or is it another year of like 10th, 11th, 9th place where it's just like, yeah, well, that's where we're at. So do you think, do you think Lily could do a job in either uh, Villa (laughs) or Everton? Listen, I mean, I wouldn't put anything past Lily. I think, um, Lily's biggest one training session and then be like, Oh no. Okay. He's real. Like (laughs) this guy's yelling at me. Right, Coutinho's getting imagine. pointers from Lily, like telling him yeah. where to go and what to do. Um, yeah, amazing. The Lily's biggest strength that Lily would have for Lily. everyone there. He'll just be like yelling at him, like, "Do you know who you're yelling at right now?" He's like, "I'm <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, there's only a few games left, so we'll see. And then we we turn the page on this season, the Premier League, and. Look, keep watching USL. You know, we there hasn't been any more news about the USL uh, championship potentially switching to a um, fall to spring season uh, to match the Premier League. Now, I believe the Women's Super League is supposed to do that. So it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I think a lot of eyes will be on that. So, yeah, a lot to watch, uh, a lot to enjoy, a lot of Hound stuff coming up. Anything else that you guys sort of want to talk about here? That's all we got. Just sort of I mean, shake your heads. I mean, what do you think about the Champions League final? Do you think Liverpool, Real Madrid? Do you think that Real Madrid was game was insane? I was like, okay, we're playing City. Like I looked at my phone. I was at work. It was 90th minute, and City were up, and they needed to score two goals. I looked 90. Okay, it's done. And then I just refresh it like two minutes later, and I was like, holy <laughs> crap! They scored two goals. Within like, you know, what, two minutes of each other in Slavish time is amazing. But yeah, I, I think the bigger question is, what do you think, Kev? You're the one that follows Liverpool more closely. I think the, the hard part is, I think, like the likes of Benzema can just decide a game. And like you, you could you could plan and you could tactic, tacticize and, you know, press and do it. But if, if Benzema's on his game, which right now he is on fire. 
Um, he could just be unplayable for a night and there's the game. Um, so I think that's why I almost, I don't know. I, th- I think Real Madrid aren't as good as City, but I think we could like plan for City a little bit better if that makes any sense. Like, like how do you plan to like, you know, stop someone who's just really <laughs> like you're not going to double mark i mean maybe you know so i i think that's the only worry but no i think we're all jazzed up i mean sala tweeted out you know revenge time because you know two years ago we we lost to real madrid in the final sala you know got his shoulder dislocated 30 minutes into the game and so i think a lot of them and a lot of them are still around so i think this will be uh you know they're going to be they're going to be up for it and i think i i think we're the favorites but you know it'll it'll be a really really good game i think i saw somewhere what benzema has 40 goals so far this season he's amazing it's something ridiculous but the comparison was that there was a stretch where both messi and ronaldo had multiple 50 plus goal seasons so like as incredible as benzema is right now to like put that in context it's like oh well i think the the reason why for that was like i in my mind i incorrectly wrote off benzema like i think benzema's 37 i was like okay ronaldo's gone he's the only one is he really gonna and no i mean him and Lewandowski. you know i think a lot of the narrative shifted once messi and ronaldo got a little older and moved to different places and i think a lot of the narrative shifted of okay you know now it's mbappe and and holland's era and, you know, Lewandowski and, and Benzema were like, not yet. <laughs> we, we'll uh, we'll get golden boots in uh, 37. our time. Plus. This is yeah. our time. Go all goonies on them. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, that's what we think. Let us know what you think. Obviously, all eyes, at least in Pittsburgh, are going to be on, well, for us, are going to be on El Paso this weekend. <laughs> I I predicted that the Pens were going to be out quickly. That does not appear to be the case. So we'll have at least probably a few more games of competing with Penguins playoffs. I blame you, Michael. I know. Well, you know what? If the Pens make a deep run and you blame it on me, then so be it. I'll gladly take <laughs> that blame. Um, no complaints there. So, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Everyone live who've been adding comments. We've been putting them on the screen. We really, really appreciate it. It's your weekly reminder that Black Lives Matter. We are proudly part of the Beautiful Game Network, which is home to more than 100 volunteer writers and podcasters covering local soccer. Help us all keep doing what we're doing. Head to bgn.fm and click the Donate button to help us cover our expenses, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks, everybody. We will talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.